welcome to Southern Man Western Town. Before the beginning, after the great war between heaven and hell, God created the earth and gave dominion over it to the crafty ape he called man. And to each generation was born a creature of light and a creature of darkness. And great armies would clash by night in the ancient war between good and evil. There was magic then, nobility, and unimaginable cruelty. And so it was, until the day that a false sun exploded over Trinity, and man forever traded away wonder for reason. Hello everybody, this is a small uh, disclaimer for this episode, you might want to say. I So this episode's been, I recorded this back in August, there's three parts to it. I debated on whether I was going to even release it, because I, it it's probably comes off disrespectful in certain parts to people that are Mormon, and I live in Utah and I deal with people that are Mormon. I am related to people through marriage that are Mormon. I do not want to offend people. Sometimes, if you hear me say this, this was bullshit or this was stupid. This, that's just what I was thinking in my head at the time. Um, but you know, I might be bullshit. I might be stupid. It doesn't matter what I think. This is what I my what I, my experience. And I just. It's nothing to be proud of. I don't think I would do it again. I mean, it caused me a lot of problems for, uh, going through the Mormon temple and all that. I ended up, uh, you know, having problems in my that marriage at the time, which worked out better now. I've been married 17 years now to my wife, and uh, it worked out for the best. But at the time, it was 
you know, I lost some colleagues over it. I was teaching music at a place where there was pretty high up LDS people working there. I didn't really, you know, a lot of things can happen. And, I, you know, other people, people that live in other states don't really realize how it is when you live in a place that's kind of dominated by a religion because you can other things can happen and they you know you can get fired from a job you cannot get hired for a job and they want they'll make up another reason why it is but that's you know neither here nor there but uh <clears throat> don't want to disrespect anybody i know like i said i know people and i'm related to people that are mormon and i like those people some of them love those people um, if you have a religion and you respect it and you live it, I mean, and you believe it, that's great. I'm all for you, whatever you want to do. I mean, when you start pushing it on me, then we're going to have some issues. And when I have to, when laws are, um, you know, laws of the land, laws to get influenced by religion, which apparently which they are now this is an update this is you know like i said i recorded this back in august and now this is actually i recorded this last august i want to say could be wrong but i think so and now here we are a year later august 1st so there's thing you know roe versus wade that's what uh, just happened and that was a overturning of that that was a religious kind of thing that got shoved down people's throats it, we didn't uh, want, but I'm not going to get into that. But uh, anyway, a little bit of the, you know, some of this tale is embarrassing. I, I didn't, like I said, I almost didn't post this episode. Like it's been a year, I've been holding on to it. But I think it's kind of important. I don't, it's it's unique. I, I'll say that. I don't think a lot of people's been in that situation. I'm sure there's somebody. I know there's people that's been through the Mormon temple and then left the church. And, but I kind of went in knowing I didn't believe it to begin with and kind of tried to, well, actually did fool a lot of people into thinking that I did believe it. So, anyway, I don't want to disrespect anybody. You know, I've, got, I've had people on the show that were Mormons, like the Mothers of Mayhem. Uh, there's some other ones, and then I've, you know, I've played in bands with people that are Mormon, and I don't, I don't want any disrespect to any of you people that may listen to this show, and uh, hopefully, you know, I don't, I, I work with people that are Mormon, and I have respect for them, um, I don't have respect for people that say they're religious, or, you know, say they're a part of something, and then they live a different life Monday through Saturday. I have a lot of less respect for that. Just be who you are is the way I see it. But, and that's kind of funny because the whole time I was doing this, I was being someone else. So it's kind of hypocritical thought, I guess. But anyway, this is just a little disclaimer. I'm, you know, and like I said, if I had to do this over, I had to do this whole situation over, I probably would have not have done it in the first place. I would have never joined a Mormon church. When I never even got into my third marriage, but if I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have my oldest son. So uh, things things work out for the you know the way they they should. But hopefully, uh, hopefully nobody's offended by this episode, which is uh, uh, going through the. I, I was going to call it faking my way through the Mormon temple, which I don't know if I'll call it that. You'll see. Anyway, take a listen. Hopefully, no offense. And I apologize if there is. 
Hello people, how's everybody doing out there today? This one's going to be a kind of a weird podcast, I guess. A different one. I didn't put one out this week, or week I'm, I'm recording this on August 27th. So there wasn't anyone this week. I just had too many gigs. Last week I had gigs on Saturday and Sunday. I didn't have time to get to anything. I should be back on a normal schedule, even though I do have a gig tomorrow night. On the 28th at Hopkins Brew Pub. I should be back on a schedule next week. Uh, back to my one or two gigs a month. So shouldn't be an issue. Um, got some coming up. I uh, got to be careful though. I gotta, I've got i been having a lot of women on the podcast. But my wife thinks I want to bang all of them. So I don't know what, what I'm going to do about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, sitting out here in the middle of the desert. California smoke everywhere. I uh, can't see anything but uh, smoke. Anyway, I don't have a guest today. So what I am going to talk to you about is the time I faked my way through the Mormon temple in Salt Lake City. the uh, Or the LDS temple, if you will. Now this isn't meant to be disrespectful to any of my LDS friends or listeners. This is not what this is about. I didn't fake my way through it to be disrespectful. Um, so I'm going to tell you what happened. Because not a lot of people has been in there. Especially if you're not a Mormon, you haven't been in the temple. Um, I don't know what you're thinking. I'm not a Mormon. But I kind of was for about a year and a half. Close to two years. Kind of. So I'm going to explain. So, so one day, I kind of started like this. I was married to my ex-wife. Um, my third wife. We won't even get into why I have a Larry King amount of wives. But my third wife, we were married. We were having a conversation. She was like, what have you always, you know, what's your dream? What have you always wanted to do? And I'd I, be honest with you, I don't even remember what I said. I, it was something to do with music, I'm sure. Maybe touring Europe or something. I don't know. Something to do with music, I'm sure. But that's not important. But when she, what she said was, I've always wanted to rejoin the mormon church or go back to the because her more her whole family was mormons big time all of from all the way back to the start of the religion from utah and the whole thing um but she said yeah i always wanted to go back to the mormon church and get sealed in the temple so i didn't think a lot about it i just you know, and to back up a little bit, when I first moved to Utah, so one time I went to down, you can go down to Temple Square, even if you're not Mormon, and kind of tour around in there. And, but they won't let you in the actual temple. And I, and I didn't know why. I didn't know anything really about the religion that much. And then some, one of, one friend of mine that I'd been talking to, he said, like, you're not worthy to go in. I was like, what? What do you mean I'm not worthy to go in? And I, I was just real curious. What the hell is going on in there? And why can't I go in and look? <laughs> I said, I don't want to do anything but look. No, not worthy to go in. You got to have a temple recommend. So, I, you know, I didn't, you know, I put that off, off out of my brain. But fast forward back to this conversation. So I'm thinking, well, I live in, I had a house like two blocks from the church. You could walk down the street and be right at uh, Mormon church and uh, 
I didn't smoke cigarettes. As you know, you can't do a lot of things and be a Mormon. I didn't really smoke cigarettes. I drank, but not that much at this point in my life. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. I may have drank one beer a month. I really didn't even drink. Um, so, and I, and I wasn't going to any other churches or anything, really. I was technically, I was still a Baptist in my mind. That's what I believed. But I was saying, I might can make this, her dream come true without changing my life that much. Because I don't really, like I said, I don't really drink or smoke anyway. And that's really the only visual things that anybody would know to, I mean, to keep me from doing it. So we did, we started going to the church and then, uh, you know, they said, oh, you got to get converted into the church and then you'll get a temple recommend at some point, like two years down the road, and then you can go get sealed into the temple. So I was like, I can probably do this. I didn't, at the time, I didn't think it was that much different than the Baptist church. It didn't seem like it other than the music and even some of the songs were the same. But, uh, you know, it was a different, you know, it was some differences, but not a lot until I got really, you know, really started going to the church. And then you, know, you really realize there is a, a lot of differences. But so I'm doing it. I mean, I've got the missionaries coming over. They're doing the full on conversion. I started feeling weird about it. At the time, I was teaching guitar lessons over at On Track Music in uh, Holiday, Utah. And the, 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 boss there and my boss there was a hardcore christian guy even though he'd been in utah his whole life he starts warning me about this and that and i even go i call a guy that's like a christian guy that tries to keep people from joining the mormon church i'm doing all the studying big time um about uh you know why i should why i shouldn't and then i'm like well i'm just gonna do it you know what you know what's the worst can happen i can you know i can just leave at some point if i need to it's not a big deal so you know i was thinking two years you know my life going you know i don't you don't have to go to church every sunday but it pretty much did i didn't really mind going um to the church at all i was already wearing suits to work and stuff and didn't really mind it um so, it, but it didn't take two years. It was supposed to, but I had this bishop there. For those of you who don't know, the bishops kind of run the what they call the ward, the local church, for usually like two years, and then they, uh, you know, they'll uh, they'll change bishops, and they have like a uh, what is it called? Uh, they have another church that's kind of where all the local wards are or part of one stake center, they call it, and that guy's kind of, a, the stake center president's kind of in charge of those five or six wards, or however many it is, for that region, and he he eventually kind of approves you to go to the temple. So anyway, my bishop guy, he was actually really cool, his name was Jacob Newland, I really liked the guy, he was an old bulldog looking dude, a big old dude, um, sold furniture, I don't know what, I don't know if he's still around, he wasn't, he was probably in his late 50s early 60s at the time this has been this has been 18 seven you know eight 17 years ago or something maybe 18 years ago now so it's been a while so and to be honest with you i'm, I'm still smoking weed at this point here and there i just didn't tell anybody 
um, sometime as soon as I'd get home from church. And just nobody knew it. I was hiding it the whole time from everyone. Um, occasionally, I'd smoke a cigar, too. But uh, anyway, he kind of, like, sped this process along. And uh, next thing you know, I'm, you know, fast forward all these temple me I mean, all these church meetings and stuff. I'm uh, going to. It's been, it's about a year, a little over a year into it. Um, I hadn't been married that long. And my third wife, we didn't even, we never were married that long. Was, she was pregnant. We had a kid. He was, you know, Matthew, he's barely born. But during all this, I'm uh go to the temple i'm ready to go to the temple we go i'm I'm way early i was you know I was, you know it's like i said i hadn't been the two years i don't even think it was a year and a half kind of pushed us along there i don't know if they get brownie points for doing that or what but the state president told me to cut my hair but i didn't so then fast forward let's i'm going to jump right into so i'm going to tell you what goes on in the temple which this will probably maybe make some of my friends that are in the church mad which i'm not trying to do but you're not really supposed to talk about any of this stuff but i'm not a member of the church now even though they i'm probably still on their books i'm sure i am somewhere as an inactive or something takes a long time to get off their books whole process um anyway so we're at the going to the temple we go to the temple one morning and you're after dressing you have to take these white clothes with you and I felt like kind of like an idiot because you're supposed to be totally in white. And I didn't have any white shoes. I'm in black tennis shoes, <laughs> which looks kind of stupid when you're in the white pants and shirt and tie and all this. So you go in to the temple. You get your like duffel bag with your white clothes in it. You go into. They take you into a bathroom. And it starts getting weird. And they uh, you t- you put on your garments which uh, are like this underwear that the mormons wear has these symbols like sewed into them and it's like a religious kind of you have to wear this underwear it's like a white t-shirt kind of a regular white t-shirt and then like these long kind of longer white boxer kind of not really boxers are kind of tight um uh under or briefs or whatever and then they, they, the guy starts, like, rubbing oil on my head. And I don't know if he put some on my chest or what. It didn't get weird where he was touching my dong or anything. <laughs> so, But I have heard those stories in, for the, in women uh, that they were, they've done that to women, but I don't know. So my wife's over there in her bathroom getting the same shit done to her. So then you come out, and you're in your white clothes, and the woman's in their white dress. You go into this room, and a guy comes out, and he's, like, supposed to be Jesus. It's like a play. It's weird. There's a lot of people in this room, like maybe 100 people. Um, and this guy comes out. He's, like, supposed to be Jesus, but he's just, like, a white dude in a, in a suit. And then this guy, other guy comes out. He's supposed to be Satan. He's, like, a this guy kind of looked evil. He was, like, but he's in a black suit, and they're kind of acting out this whole deal where that the Mormons believe where Jesus is saying he's got this one plan for uh, the people on earth and he's going to give all the glory to God and then Satan's got this other plan but and he's going to give all the glory to himself and so 
kind of you sit there and watch this play and it's really weird and uh, some of this i'm probably going to forget because like i said it's been 18 years but i think after this you like you have this like you have this like weird thing on like a it's like a cloak not a cloak i don't know it's like kind of like a scarf or something it's on one shoulder and then you watch you watch this and you like move it over to the other shoulder so then you you go into this other room and this guy these guys like you put on like this green sash thing and uh they get the guy gives you like your secret name that you're supposed to have and they give the female one too and then they tell you the female's secret name but they don't tell you her yours because you're supposed the man's supposed to call the woman out of the grave after they die but and the woman can't do it like she can't get out of the grave unless the man she sealed to calls her out so then i'm uh go to this other room and they teach you these like secret handshakes and i'm like i can't remember this shit like this crazy ass handshakes that basically came from the uh what you call it the uh masons the masonic temple which my grandfather was part of and so um that's why i knew about it and uh they were but anyway you end up in this room where there's like a veil you go through this veil it's like a big white sheet across the room and the and the woman's in one side of it you're on the other side of it you can't see him and there's some guy on on the other side and his hands are sticking through like holes in the veil and you're supposed to he asks you the secret handshakes and the the sign of the nail and the sign of the cross you're doing all these weird handshakes i didn't remember none of them i didn't know what the fuck and they were just like, like I'm overwhelmed in this thing. And I have to say, like, right when, even when when I first got in there and started seeing the Satan Jesus like play thing, I instantly thought this whole religion is bullshit. Like this whole thing ain't true. I know this is horseshit now. So I'm I'm completely I'm already leaving the Mormon Church and I'm in the temple. Like in my brain, I'm like, as soon as I get out of here, I'm done with this because this is I can tell this is what this is now. It's a big sham. Sorry to my Mormon friends, but that's what I was thinking. I was telling the truth. And uh, so anyway, I'm in this veil thing, and this guy's kind of walking me through the handshakes, whispering to me. I can't hear shit. I'm almost deaf in one ear. Pretty much am deaf in one ear. Then I have to tell him my secret name and my wife's secret name. Then my I have to go over Somehow my wife's in the, on the other side of this thing, too, and then she tells me my secret name. And I tell her, no, I tell her her secret name. She doesn't know mine. And then the veil kind of opens and you get with your wife and then you go into this other room and it's at the very top of the Mormon temple. And then you're just walking around in your socks and your white clothes talking to all the other Mormons. And like there was a lot of people from my church there and there was, at the time I'd also, at the by the time of this occurred, I'd left teaching guitar on track music and started teaching guitar at the park city conservatory and the people that ran that place were mormons as well as a couple of the teachers and then i had invited them to this thing which i didn't know you really weren't supposed to do i mean you can but you're supposed to this is supposed to be for close family and uh 
that are Mormons and really close friends. These people weren't that close to me, but the only other Mormons I really knew. I guess I was trying to get brownie points. So anyway, you're in this room walking around like you're at a cocktail party, but you're like just walking around and you know, talking to people. So anyway, they then they take us in this other room, this little room, and then my wife's grandfather comes in who's like way, way head, one of the top people at the Mormon church. And then there's like this altar in the middle, and then the people I invited and the, my, uh, my wife's family, they're all sitting around, and then me and my two stepdaughters, my wife and my son, are all have to kneel down to this altar. And then my wife's grandfather says some kind of shit, and then uh, then we're like sealed to each other, which I don't, I don't, you know, I don't remember everything that happened, but somehow, you know, then you leave. You, back into the main top room and there's this other little room where you can't go into is where the prophet of the mormon church president of the mormon church goes into which at the time was i think was gordon b hinckley who's passed away now i don't even know who it is now i think it i really i don't want to say it i can't remember but anyway we go into uh back into the main room and you know walk around talk to everybody for another 20 30 minutes and you basically go back down and get your bag you stay in your white clothes you leave the temple and you go outside of the temple grounds and take pictures and i look like an idiot in the pictures because i'm in black shoes everybody else is in white and that's about it you go out you leave and you're done you're sealed and what sealing means to them is you're you know forever like you after you you know as long as you're good and do the shit you're supposed to do you go up to like the celestial kingdom it's like three different kingdoms you can go to in the mormon church uh celestial is a top one and there's like the telestial and the uh terrestrial and uh i can't remember which one of those t there's two one lower one where you like if you're i guess if you're pretty good regular kind of guy you can go there and then you know then there's the middle one and the celestial one's the top one where you just like to model LDS guy, and you know, there's like crazy shit that goes on after that. I mean, once you get up there, I'll talk about that in part two of this. But so, I didn't leave the church right away, and we're gonna, I'm gonna talk about that in a uh, part two of this conversation, which you'll, you'll be, uh, be up right after this uh, break. All right, everybody, let's jump into part two of my religious story I guess you would say so anyway we left off where I'd uh, been through the temple kind of faked my way through it realized er, as soon as I got there that it was bullshit sorry again for my Mormon friends that's how what I felt about it Um, probably you have a different perspective if you grew up in Utah and never did anything went anywhere else or was part of any other religions but and I grew up Baptist, and that'll kind of tie into where I'm at next. So I didn't, I didn't leave the church right away. I kept going for shit, probably another six months, maybe. And uh, but I knew I, I didn't believe any of it at this point. I was still trying to participate and do what I was supposed to do. Just you know, I didn't want to 
disappoint my wife at the time and the, my stepkids at that point. We even went on a, a Mormon trek, which is, I thought was pretty cool. It was weird, I uh, and it was hard, but it was a good thing to experience. What that is, it's like you kind of recreate. The Mormons like came here and came to Utah and uh, pushing hand carts, like they didn't even have horses and stuff. So they kind of recreated. So what we did was we, uh, the whole church got together. You go to somewhere outside of Casper, Wyoming. I can't think of the name of the town. It's not really a town or place. You bust out there and then you get, you put your tent and you have like Dutch ovens and you're dressed in the kind of the clothes of the day, I guess. Not really, but kind of. And, uh, push this hand cart for like a whole day around um through the desert i go i guess it's the high desert up in the plains there in wyoming it was hard to do pretty cool craziness the first night we were there the tent the wind was blowing so hard the tent was blowing down like on top of us it was hard to even a lot of people gave up and left that before it even started but we stuck it out kind of glad i did that even though uh, technically, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really believe anything anymore. I didn't really believe it ever, but I was trying to, <laughs> you know. And I had to go through a lot of lying to everybody to pull it off. I figure if I'm going to really do this, and they're going to, because they, it's, it's not just they don't need just hand temple recommends out and you go to the temple. You got to really pull the wool over some eyes. So. I had fooled everybody. I had fooled my in-laws. I fooled my own parents. I fooled everyone. The only person I think I didn't fool was my friend Aaron Wilson. He kind of didn't. He didn't really say anything, but because I was working with him at the time, uh, on and off, he didn't really. I don't know. He didn't really blow it off. You know, he was. I was, I was working with him kind of exclusively at first when I first started the whole thing. But I don't think he really ever believed it. He knew me too well. He had known me since I was five years old. And uh, so, anyway, so then I had my kid blessed in the church, which is kind of weird. You sit around with the elders, and, you, you know, I got baptized in the church. which I'd never gotten baptized in the Baptist church, which I was supposed to. I just never did. So I kind of kept going through all these things, and then I just didn't feel right about it. And I, yeah, just a side note, and this is a very strange occurrence, and I don't, I'm not a, I'm a skeptic. I don't really believe in ghosts and demons and whatever the hell. I don't really believe in any of that kind of stuff. But this happened um, about a, two weeks before I, we went into the temple. I'd gotten a kidney stone, and I'd, I had to come, I had to go to the hospital, you know, I drove myself to the hospital, my mother-in-law picked me up, took me to their house, and put me in one of the spare bedrooms, and I, uh, they had my brother-in-law at the time, and father-in-law at the time, come in and, like, put this oil on my head, they were like, you know, you're considered a priest at that point, and you, uh, they're supposed to be able to like put a blessing on you and then they did that and I woke up and I didn't have a kidney stone <laughs> now most likely I passed it and just 
didn't know i have passed a couple of kidney stones and you know you hear the stories where they really hurt and they do i've had a lot i've had probably 10 of them some of them you feel like you're gonna die but i have passed a couple where you didn't really feel anything if they're kind of smooth instead of like spiky you don't really feel them they just come out that's most likely what happened but at this point in time I'm kind of still kind of freaking out so you know they give me couple of lord you know they give me lord tabs i'm supposed to take like four a day or whatever while i'm dealing with this so i was on in those plus whatever iv drip they gave me while i was in there and I, now i'm back at my house and i'm kind of half asleep in the bed i don't remember who else was there if my wife or the kids were there or anything like that but i i don't remember them they weren't in the room for sure but i kind of wake up and i look over and i I don't know if this was the Laura tabs. I, don't, I can't explain this, but I look over to beside my bed. There's a black shadow that looks kind of like the devil. I mean, it doesn't. It has no. It doesn't have any eyes or a face. I mean, it's just like a black shadow, but it's thicker than a sh black than a shadow, like more solid color. And it had two horns, <laughs> like a kind of one was kind of bigger than the other. The shape was kind of weird. There was no feet or hands or you know it had arms but I was like and I freak the fuck out I I uh go back under the cover I pull the covers over my head I don't know what that was supposed to do but that's what I did and then I uh put my head back out it was gone and I don't still to this day I was scared to death that's how real this was my fucking heart was beating at 90 miles an hour now this could have been because I don't know if they'd given me a morphine in the hospital that day with the kidney stone or the Laura tabs or it was weird it was right in the middle of all this religious stuff but uh and like I said I'm a skeptic I don't really believe in this kind of stuff but that's, and that's the only kind of thing like that that's really ever happened for the most part just thought I'd throw that in there it was kind of weird but uh fast forward I'm I'm you know later on you know I was probably a year and a half maybe getting close to two years into this whole ordeal and I'm just can't I'm having trouble. You know, my my marriage isn't going great. Having trouble uh, believing and you know just keeping the charade up. And at during the same point, I get me and uh, like three of my friends, we get arrested <laughs> for uh, smoking pot while we're fishing. Like we only had like I don't know the guy they were spying on us when we were out in the boat. Um, and they were like. Smoke, we were smoking pot out of this green pipe. And we didn't have a really any real amount of weed on us. It was like a joint or two. But they had, as soon as we pulled the boat out of the lake, they uh, busted us. But they didn't uh, take any other people to jail. They took me to jail because I had uh, goody powders on me. And I don't know if you know if you guys know what goody powders are. They're like BC powders and Standbag. There's three companies that make them that I know of. They're like headache powders. They're, they're, they're in these little white, they're in these little packages and it's just white powder. It's basically crushed up aspirin and caffeine. So anyway, I didn't, you know, these come in like a box of 200 or something. So I, don't, I, I never carried a whole box of them around, but I got a lot of headaches. Still do, I still take the things. And, uh, anyway, I had five or six of them in my truck. I happened to be the guy driving that day. And, uh, and then, and, that, and I had to, uh, they saw those and they were convinced it was crystal meth. They didn't never, I guess they've never seen it. These got cops were from Boston. 
so they've never seen a headache powder in their life they're telling me that it's crystal meth i need to i need to admit that it's crystal meth of course i'm not going to admit it because it's aspirin so i just wrote everybody tickets for the pot and they gave me a ticket for not having a fishing license and then they took me to jail for having headache powders until a guy came in and dropped a little chemical drop on it and proved to the people that it was aspirin and they let me out but i ended up having to go to court for the pot and the bishop from the church went with me and i was i thought that was really cool because it was like i mean it's like an hour drive into the mountains to this place uh called it in the heber where i went to court at and the bishop went with me and i of course i lied to him and everybody in the church and told them i wasn't even smoking pot and it was the other guys and they believed me but i mean at this point my lies are compounding and compounding and i can't hardly take it anymore and uh to top it all off i'm asking questions that nobody can ask her one time i was you know i'm a, you know, of course i'm a guitar player so i'm a, i uh was talking to the bishop one day i said i'd like to come in and play i just kind of paused for a minute. i just i had showed uh, i was teaching guitar lessons at the time and i showed this mormon kid two classical versions of uh mormon hymns lds hymns they were pretty cool i learned them on the guitar and i told you know the bishop i said well i should come in here one day and and play these in church and he's like no you can't and i was like why he says guitars aren't allowed in in the uh service and i'm like why aren't guitars allowed in service he goes, well, they're, I think they're just too loud. And, you know, the Mormon church is not like any other church when it comes to music. They have music, but it's usually piano and singing only. And it's usually, and no one claps. It's just considered irreverent to clap. You can't, like, make any noise. So somebody will just nail a good song, vocal song, with a piano song or something, and everybody just sits there quietly. But I said, I'm, trust me, these songs are not loud. They're on, they're classical guitar pieces. They're no more loud than the piano. And he goes, well, you can't do it. And I said, I'd like to know why. He goes, oh, I don't know why, but I'm going to find out. He goes, oh, I'm going to find out from the stake president why. And I said, okay. And then just so happens, and these are called wards. These churches, Mormon churches in Utah are called wards. So our ward's over it's like three hours and after that another ward comes in sometimes it's another one after that and they have their three hour service with their bishop and so on so we're leaving i'm leaving the office and the other ward's already started and i i hear a guitar i look in and there's like the, the bishop and his son are playing guitar in in the church so I go back to my bishop and said, look, the other guys are playing guitar right now. He just said, I couldn't do it. He goes, oh, I don't, I don't understand that. And so he finds out later, he calls me about a week later and says, all I can find out is it says there's no brass instruments allowed. And I said, well, there's an angel on top of the temple playing a bugle, <laughs> like playing a trumpet. <laughs> I'm pretty, what, none of this makes any damn sense. So I never did play the guitar in church. But that kind of stuff, just, you know, nobody had any answers for anything. I was like, why, why don't we drink coffee? Which I did. I still drank coffee the whole time, even though none of the other Mormons did. And, uh, because it said, and it says no hot beverages. And I'm like, well, you guys drink hot 
chocolate and tea and everything else and they and they down and they 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 claim it's for the caffeine but they're down, they down mormons drink more pepsi and coke than i've ever seen in anybody in my life so none of it made any sense and then also at the time i start watching this show on tv that came on like a local channel called heart of the matter and it was this guy that used to be a Mormon. He had grown up in the Mormon church. He was probably around 30-something years old, close to the same age I was at the time. I, you know, I'm in my mid-30s during this time, around 35, 36 area. And he's like a Christian guy, but he's not a Mormon anymore. And he's like, and he just like had this show where he would just tell you all the thing, all the things wrong with the Mormon church and how the basically proving it wrong you can study your way out of the mormon church pretty pretty easily um not as easy back then as you could can now which i you know i it was still pretty easy to do and now on the internet with the internet and stuff you can prove all the things there's so many things you can prove it but uh one of the ones that i used to latch on to is like the word adieu, the French word adieu was in the Book of Mormon. You know, the French language didn't even exist yet when they wrote the thing. And it, you know, and it, it was, you know, the black people couldn't be part of the church until the 70s and just all kinds of things. I don't want to go into all the reasons why it's definitely not true, but, you know, I, anyway, I'm watching this show maybe sometimes once a day, it seems like. I, I don't even know if it still comes on. I know he's got a YouTube channel. He started, the guy that done it started getting a little more freaky as you go. He'd come on in a leather jacket and a goatee, and then pretty soon he had long hair, and Johnny Cash song was opening the show. <laughs> but I, I don't know if he went full-on atheist at this point itself. I don't know much. I'm, I'm going to probably have to look that up again. It's called Heart of the Matter. Um Sorry about that. I guess this is part three. I got cut off somehow. I'm not sure what happened there. I think somebody tried to record this on my phone in a, in a warehouse parking lot getting uh, unloaded, uh, unloading water out of my truck while I tell you this story. So I guess this is going to be part three. But anyway, we were talking about the show Heart of the Matter. Anyway, I'm starting to, you know, like I said, not having a good time in my marriage, kind of just wanting out of this whole thing. So one day I decide I'm going to go to a Baptist church which is on kind of real close to my house where I was living I was living in Taylorsville Utah at the time outside of Salt Lake City so I go to this church called New Pilgrim Baptist Church it's just right on the corner it's a used to be a Mormon church but now you know it's a Baptist church and I go in one Sunday and it's this isn't a racist comment at all but it's basically all black people it's a black church for the most part or maybe five or six white people five or six latinos hispanics whatever you want to say which i liked because they were and they were mostly all southern people they were either from california or they were you know, the preacher was from florida there were a lot of southern people there and i felt really at home the music was back the way i liked it it was loud and uh, the music that I liked, and you know, everybody was jumping, clapping, and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is more me. This is where I need to be. So, the next week I went again. Next week Sunday I took my stepdaughter, which my my wife at the time was saying, go ahead, whatever. My stepdaughter didn't like it. She had been raised in the Mormon church her whole life. She was like, I don't know if she was 13, something like that. She kind of freaked out on it. She never went back. Um, but I noticed at the time that 
there there was only like in the music there was just a keyboard player and a drummer and then there was one guy that's kind of thumping on the bass a little bit but i didn't really i didn't really he wasn't that good so i go up i go up afterwards and i talk to the keyboard player his name's tim drisdom and he used to be the point guard for the utah utes he's really talented basketball player talented all around he was singing and everything and uh, you know the pastor pastor Corey hodges was singing he sing sound like otis redding which is like my favorite singer so i asked him if they needed a guitar player and uh tim uh the guy that led the music thing said we need a can you play the bass i said yeah because he's like this old dude he can't or he's not you know really cutting it I said, yeah, I guess. He said, well, just come by Monday night when we do choral practice. Bring your bass and your guitar. We'll see what you got. So I started playing the bass. He goes, play the guitar. And I started playing the guitar. He goes, okay, you're the guitar player. <laughs> I don't think he liked my bass playing that much. Um, so the next thing you know, I'm playing guitar at New Pilgrim Baptist Church. And I don't ever go back to the uh, Mormon church. They called me in one time. They called me and my wife in and asked for our temple recommends because we were we had to i forgot what why we i don't know if it was just because of me or it was something to do with her too at some point we had we had thought about getting divorced or something i don't remember what it was but she had moved out for like a week they called us in there and she's my wife's kind of pulled a fast one on and said oh, i forgot my temple recommend i pulled mine out of my wallet and handed it to him so i don't need it i ain't going back there all right see you later and uh so i'm playing in this church now pretty soon the you know the keyboard player's brother Corey, uh, moves in from california he starts playing the bass and all of a sudden we got this pretty kick-ass church band going on and then i'm still playing gigs outside of this with my you know and i said so i put these guys and i had these guys play some gigs with me like as a bass player and drummer for my band because tim could play the drums better than anybody he was a keyboard player and singer and so we were uh did a lot of things together like that and then um so I'm going, cooking along there, and then I go to uh, my best friend, Dan Kapkowski, was living down in the Cayman Islands at the time. And he married a Canadian lady, and they were having a wedding in Canada. And they wanted me to fly up there and play a Jim Croce song. Um, shit, which one was it? No, I can't. Uh, I can't think of what Jim, time in a bottle, I think it was. I learned it and played that for him. So I flew to Canada for a couple of days, played that at his my friend's wedding, fly to Seattle, do a little gig there. Um, then I landed and then flew back to Salt Lake City. When I get there, my wife's got this letter for me saying how she was way happier once I was gone. And, and uh, all this bullshit so i said all right i'm packing you know, it was kind of hard without a six month year old baby at the time maybe he was older than that he, he was probably a year he was, yeah he was probably more of a year and a half old or something like that actually and uh so i move up to park city which is you know an hour away up in the mountains where i was already teaching guitar anyway got a little apartment up there and uh eventually get divorced and i you know i'm still driving down and playing in the church 
every Sunday as well as playing in some other churches here and there and I'm still you know I'm back to being a Baptist now I'm pretty good believer you know and then I met my wife that I'm married to now my that I've been married to for 15 years now and uh she started going to the church with me but at some point you know maybe four or five years later I just I kind of just stopped doing stopped believing in all of it and pretty much became an atheist which is where I'm at now because I kind of studied my way out of all religion now that's pretty much where I'm at now I'm pretty much an atheist I don't but something you know I know there's to me there is has to be some kind of reason why we're here I mean not really it doesn't have to be a spiritual reason which it might be but and uh I don't really know. I just, there doesn't seem like that we would be here for nothing. Um, but, I, you know, even anything, why would anything be here for no reason? Um, I, but, it, you know, it kind of might be beyond our thinking. So right now I'm kind of, I kind of just stayed being over. At first I was a militant atheist. I was just like bash religion, bash the Mormon church, bash everything. And I, you know, in a few years, I kind of grew out of that and realized, you know, it's not my place to bash people because of their religion. I mean, they can believe as long as people believe something and they live it, then I'm I'm cool with that. It's the ones that say they're something and then they act like something else are the ones I usually have a problem with, or ones that try to tell me for sure they for sure know what happens when you die, even though they don't because they're not dead. Um, and they've never, that's the one thing. Nobody knows what happens when you die. I don't give a shit what religion you are. I don't care what, who you are or what you're going to tell me. And when you die, you do not know what happens. I know there's people that's had life and death experiences and stuff they say, but some of that I don't believe either. Some of it I do, but I don't think what they might perceive as going to heaven may be a total different thing, like a collective consciousness type thing. And, uh, but now, you know, I don't bash anybody now. Like I said, if they do what they believe, that's fine. And I still have a problem with it. Um, but I'm still, you know, every now and then I want to go back to the Baptist church. I liked it. I liked playing the music. I still like the songs, you know, the hymns, the old Baptist hymns take me back to when I was a kid and with my grandparents and my family back in South Carolina and the whole deal kind of takes me back home. I, I like it. I don't I don't shun music because of it. I mean, I used to listen to heavy metal band Striper that was a Christian metal band while I was partying and also listening to Slayer, which is like a satanic rock band. I, I don't really have to agree with the message in music to like the melodies and the, you know, I like it. I can separate the art from the artist, in other words. A lot of people can't do that. Um, now I'm kind of... My same friend, Danny Kupkowski, he was kind of an atheist all along. But he turned me on to The Secret, which I read. and That book, The Secret, where you're basically the law, uh, law of attraction. And in short, but... Uh, it's kind of what I subscribe to now, which I don't believe exactly the way that secret the book puts it i don't think you can just say you're going to get 50 million dollars over and over and over and it's just going to happen one day 
a little more work into it than that but but now I'm more of a I don't know maybe there is some type of God or some type of definitely the universe but I, I don't think it, it I mean it's not some kind of a there's some kind of consciousness maybe out there not not a person sitting up there judging everybody it's, that's to me that's ridiculous but there's something I think I just don't have a clue what it is. I don't think anybody else does either. But maybe there's just this one big consciousness. And we all just, you know, go back to it. At some point, we're all just kind of connected into one thing. Who knows? Like I said, I'm not going to say I know because I don't know. And neither does anybody else. <laughs> But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. That's my uh, kind of my religious life in a nutshell and uh, where I'm at now. Basically still, uh, I don't know if you call me an agnostic or an uh, atheist. Definitely don't believe the, the way the Bible's taught, but like the God in the Bible and all that. And I think it, maybe some of the Bible's true. It's just like misinterpreted. I don't know if some of it was actually aliens coming down and interfering and they thought they were angels. That's an interesting theory too, the whole ancient astronaut thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of theories out there that are interesting. And uh, I like to think about all of them, but, you know, you know sometimes... I think it's the Jewish people that sometimes say the truth is in the myth. Like they tell these stories and these parables to teach you a lesson. So sometimes it's not meant to be literal. Like Jonah didn't really get swallowed by a whale. But it's some, maybe that story is something to do with the ego. And like, a, you know, people take things literal that's definitely should not be taken literal like you know i kind of agree with what sometimes the jewish say the truth is in the myth that's what uh, i was told once by a or i heard once by a rabbi i believe can't place it where i did hear that out anyway thanks for turning tuning in to southern man western town this has been a different type of a podcast today uh the next one when i return will be another music interview we'll be back to the regular scheduled programming Anyway, uh, be good to each other. Still, it looks like the COVID variant's hitting hard. Um, I still haven't gotten it. I got the vaccine. I'm wearing a mask when I really tell me to. I uh, can't believe people start arguing over vaccines and the people that are all of a sudden were experts in vaccines on Facebook and stuff. Now they're experts in Afghanistan and. They act like Joe Biden just went over there and pulled those people out by himself. I mean, there's definitely military people involved. And, if, you know, if they thought it was going to be that screwed up, they probably would have said something to him. But I'm not saying it wasn't screwed up because it for sure was. But when has that part of the country or part of the world not been screwed up? Anyway, I'm going to go about my day. You guys go about your day. And I appreciate you uh, tuning in. Southern Man, Western Town. Remember, you can go to my website, thejslawrence.com. And uh, 
listen to all my music on Spotify and iTunes, all that, Jeff Lawrence and J.S. Lawrence. Um, and I will have a new song out soon. We'll, I'll keep you updated. And until then, talk to you on the next podcast. Thanks, people. In case I don't see ya, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.